Welcome to another episode of the Badass Women of Central Park, where every time we bring you an awesome journey of a badass woman in our neighborhood. My name is Dan Clark, and it is my honor to host this podcast and get to learn from so many of you each time. It is my goal for you to see yourself as the badass you truly are. This episode features the badass Lori Pratt. She's a business owner, a mom, and a champion of women everywhere. She was born and raised in Pennsylvania and grew up with two sisters and an absolutely amazing single mother. As an adult, she has lived across the country, coast to coast, from San Francisco to Arlington, Virginia. She and her husband, Michael, have spent a year abroad in London, UK, where they traveled around Europe and Africa. They eventually landed here in Denver and have been here for the last 11 years. They have two young boys and are very family-oriented. Lori has spent her life obsessed with design, color, texture, and style. Living in so many different places has given her the opportunity to take a look at what design means to different people and cultures, and what people really want to feel in their homes. After spending years working in the homes of friends and family, Lori decided to take a huge step and a leap of faith and open her own design business. Closing in on 10 years now, it has been a wild ride full of life and learning and really getting to know people. A few years ago, she and a friend, both working in interiors, decided to start Design Life Delivered because they wanted to provide an easy service for people looking to make small changes in their homes seasonally. Owning two businesses while working as a pseudo stay-at-home mom certainly has its challenges, most of all scheduling and getting everything done, but she wouldn't have it any other way. While Lori continues to design work on a referral basis, her focus is Design Life Delivered with the intention of huge growth. If asked what her long-term goal for herself and DLD, she will tell you, we will be on the Today Show one day, and to bring DLD into homes of people everywhere, sharing our love for style and loving your home. This podcast is brought to you by Mama Bird Interviews and the Mama Bird Project, where we empower and open doors for young Black, Latina, and Indigenous women from Montbello through recording conversations with your loved ones. Currently, we just dropped our prices to only $100 per recorded conversation. Want to make a difference? Help support Mama Bird. Like the interviews for Mama Bird focus on highlighting stories of not just your elders, but of yourself in that moment of what you believe in, um, what, you, what you like, what you don't like, like your favorite memories. All right. Good morning, Lori. It's so nice to meet you virtually here. And I am really happy to learn more about you and to learn from you. And We've never met before or talked before, just briefly through direct messaging on Facebook. So it's always exciting for me to learn about new people. And your journey sounds very interesting. But what also sounds very interesting to me is where you're at currently. So I think with you, we can start kind of with the businesses you're managing now, and then we can work our way back to see how you got here. Um, so tell me a little about the businesses you're running now. I own two businesses. Um, I believe they're, they're both really design related. So I'm an interior designer by trade. I do call myself an interior decorator because I don't draw blueprints uh, or anything like that. Anything technical, that's just really not where my passion is. Mine is more about creating spaces that turn your house into a home, you know, and I have a lot of clients who have an idea of what they want things to look like, but don't know how to put it together or don't know anything. And, and they say, you know, I'm, I'm really good at this, but not designing it. We all have our own talents. And so this is one of mine. So I, I take some clients these days. I don't have a, a huge 
client list right now because I'm generally more focused on my other business, which is, a, it's a really lot of words. <laughs> it's a wordy thing, but it's a seasonal home decor subscription box service. So we are called Designed Life Delivered. And it sort of just became this business born out of design. And my friend Molly Coyne and I had decided that, you know, we see all these other home decor boxes and we didn't think that they were speaking to the same audience that we try to reach. You know, we just wanted to do something a little bit different. So our boxes have a very organic sort of feel. We call them seasonal because they're not holiday related. We want them to be accessible to anyone, any culture, any religion, background. So we don't include anything that is related to any sort of holiday. It's more like blankets or candles or things that have a lot of texture and warmth, whether it's color wise or something woven or whatever it might be. And that generally is also the theme with any box. You know, they're meant to be pieces that you can use together or separately within your home. We choose things that can really fit into most any decor. And um, some people use them seasonally, some keep them out all year. But the thing I'm most proud about our boxes and what excites me the most is we have two goals every season. And one of them is we always choose a, a, an item or a good from a small women-owned business anywhere around the world. Uh, so that's uh, a given. There will always be an item from that category. We also strive to be really environmentally conscious. So there'll also be another item that is sustainably sourced or uses a renewable source or anything like that. Sometimes the woman-owned product is also that but then there will also be another one. So those are really important goals for us. It means a lot to us to send out a product that we're proud of and that has some meaning behind it. And it means something to us personally as well. My follow-up question to that, and I, I wanna get more into the actual business side of it too though, is um, I think entrepreneurship comes at people from different angles and for different reasons. Take me back to when you decided to open your first business and what that process was like from you had you been groomed from birth to be an entrepreneur? Had you known it your whole life? Was it accidental? How'd that happen? So I think it was sort of a progression of various things. So I've always loved designing and decorating color and texture and space. You know, I would do my mom's house, <laughs> decorate. Um, I would decorate friends, bedrooms and things like that. So it was always something I enjoyed, but that was not my path to begin with. I went to Penn State University. I got a degree in media studies. Uh, but my first job out of college was actually for a singles club in San Francisco. I was the event planner. So I would organize all these great adventures, rock climbing and wine tasting and all these various things. But the, the owner was a woman. And this was, she was an entrepreneur and that was her business. And she really grew it into something really great. And I learned a lot from her. But then I moved back to the East Coast and, and I got a job as a recruiter. So the general theme with all my jobs has actually been sales and marketing. So I came back to Virginia area and I got a job as a recruiter, but also for a woman owned business. So another small woman owned business, she had started this company on her own. She called it Curzon, which was a street in London that she really liked. Um, incidentally, my husband and I moved to London <laughs> at that time. And then 
came back and I came back to work for her. But same thing, I learned a lot. They were very different in the way that they ran their businesses. But a common theme I noticed was they seemed to have to work harder than a lot of other, to be quite honest, men I'd worked for. Uh, so they really had to hustle and work long hours every day, but they loved what they did. So that was the other thing. They had a lot of passion for what they did. So when we came back to Denver, we had our first son and I really wanted to find a way that I could work and do what I loved, but also be home for him and really be able to manage my own schedule and our lives. So I all of a sudden was like, you know, I've always loved decorating. That's always been my passion. That's what I do. I think that I should try it and see what happens. I did take a design certification course at an online Italian design school. And um, it was really interesting. It was a lot of basics. It's where I learned that I don't want to do blueprints. I can't do them, but I just don't enjoy it as much. And then I decided just to start my business, just, just make this my own thing. And so I advertised in our neighborhood. You know, we have, we have like a Facebook business page and things like that. And I got a client within a week or, or so. And it worked really well. You know, she, the things that I was doing for her, you know, I started off smaller. This is like changing the way your furniture is laid out or choosing colors, maybe ordering a few things. And she loved everything. She thought it was so great, which actually built up my confidence quite a bit. And then she told a friend and then they told a friend and they told a friend. So I'm in my 10th year now of doing interior design work. Obviously I've done larger scale things as time has progressed. I have a, a home in Lakewood right now that we tore down to the, to the studs and we're building it back up. And I, I still do a lot of, um, it's, it's like the fun stuff for me, you know, ordering furniture, ordering art, painting, things like that. But I will also go to design centers and choose things for people. I do have a carpenter that I work with. I have a contractor that I work with. So the people that I work with is actually a very small group of people because I know them, I trust them, they do great work. And so I tend to stick within that small group because I, we just have good relationships. I know what to expect from them. They know what to expect from me. But again, that is the that is the side of my two businesses that I'm fairly particular now with who I'll take. My business is mostly referrals at this point or repeat clients. So I have a lot of clients that I've worked with, you know, several times and now they're ready to design a new space or, you know, build their basement out, things like that. What did it look like or what does it look like for you now? Um, and maybe others can learn from that of how you do set those boundaries now and how you are, where you haven't gotten to you starting a second business on top of all of this, but you're, right. you're busy with, you're busy with this work. How, how does it look when it, when it's good for you, as far as that work-life balance? So I think it's, it's generally because I've been, I've, I feel like I've proven myself at this point, you know, it's been a decade. I, I do, again, I get a lot of referrals. That's mostly what my business is referrals or re, repeat clients. So to me, I think my confidence has just grown a lot. And I think that, um, again, people are gonna do what people are gonna do. Sometimes they text late because that's the time they have, like you said. Um, a lot of it is just, um, it's just being firm, but kind with those boundaries. So funny enough, uh, my acupuncturist actually, she helps me a lot with boundaries and things like that because 
I'm trying to, you're trying to do so many things and be a parent and be a wife and a friend and all those things. And I do tend to think women feel more pressured to be everything to everyone 100% all the time. But if you don't take that time for yourself or make those boundaries, your energy will be totally depleted. And you know, you're, you're not able to do everything you want to do the, the way you want to do it. So it took a long time to learn that, <laughs> but I feel that it, yeah, it's effective. I feel like I have more energy. I feel like my work is more inspired. Um, I have more time for my kids, which means a lot to me. And if I may interject, because I can't believe I forgot to say this when you first asked, my mom was a single mom and I have two sisters. I'm the youngest, which people always say is obvious. We'll leave that to anyone to decide. But my mom worked full time and she was my very first example of, you know, doing it all and trying to do it with grace. You know, even though she was a single parent, you know, we were all in different things, choir, band, theater, whatever. And she never missed anything. And so I think that was for her too. When work ended, she just was able to say, okay, work's done. And now this is my time and my family time. But I know it's hard. I know it was hard then too. And especially being a single parent, I'm grateful every day, e even more so now that we had her as an example. Really, if you can do anything, you can do it on your own. And that was, I think just being raised that way certainly is part of the makeup of how I got to where I am today. And so I would be like remiss to not mention her for sure. Um, and then, yes, I think she probably set me on that path to follow, admire, and learn from strong women. And so it means a lot to me. And again, I'm not diminishing men here either. Obviously, there's a lot of wonderful men out there. You know, My husband is very supportive. He helps a lot with the business. I also wouldn't be able to do all this if he wasn't a supportive equal partner here. And so um, it also means a lot more to me because I grew up without that. And so knowing that there are these wonderful, helpful men out there who also lift us up is also really meaningful. Yeah, I don't know how to, I'm, there's not that you're bashing, but to me, you're, you know, go women. I'm very pro-women. I see <laughs> that men, men, men like myself get fed up for doing the bare minimum, especially with parenting and all of these societal um, things that have been deemed for women. And women are doing this all plus so much more. And that's part of the reason they want to do this podcast is just so women can, can see how much of badasses they are. And <laughs> I should interject here too and, and say that I was raised by a single mother since I was 10 and she was wonderful and just did the work and never complained and, and really um, put us in a good place where we could have a relationship still with my father. And she could have certainly driven a wedge in between us. And um, so we've got a great relationship with my father who's also wonderful as well. And um, but just seeing her strength. And I asked her, I interviewed her once and I said, you know, where does your strength come from? And she's like, I didn't see myself as strong. And it's kind <laughs> of, she just did it. Um, but she was raised by a very strong woman as well. Um, okay, I've got a question for you, a self-serving question that I want to ask you with all of this that I still haven't figured out the answer to, and maybe you haven't either, is I think when you do find your passion with work, it's just an amazing feeling. And I've certainly found that with my work with Mama Bird. But I don't know how to turn my brain off, or I cannot turn my yeah. brain off from it. So even when I'm present with my children, with my wife, when I'm setting these boundaries and doing things, we're taking a year sabbatical where I'm working, but I'm also able to be doing all these amazing things. And I still am constantly thinking about the business and thinking about, because I feel I need to get it to a certain level because of the, the impact we could have on the world in that case. 
how are you or how do you recommend to try to turn your brain off from this so it's not running 24 7. i think it takes a lot of discipline and i'm certainly not perfect at it um you know you always have things or you wake up in the middle of the night and you're like oh my gosh i have to i have to respond to that client i've got to figure this situation out or whatever it might be i do think it takes a lot of mindfulness um and practice you know anything like that you have to so again my acupuncturist or therapist or whoever gives you all these different brain things you know uh, different tricks to recenter yourself or switch your focus and things like that i think also for me one of my other passions is reading so my minor was world literature which is not at all related to what to what i was doing but i read all the time all the time so for me you know, I try to, to get my work done, try to read before the kids come home, but I also find I'll stop. If I'm working and I'm just stuck somewhere, I'll stop and read for 10 minutes to get myself kind of centered and refocused. I think at the end of the day, that's also a way for me to, you know, have something else in my brain because when you're reading, you know, you're picturing all these things and going somewhere else. And I think that's very distracting. And so I make it a habit to read before bed because I think that helps turn my brain off before I go to sleep. Because I find for a lot of us, that's when our wheels are always turning. We can't sleep, we have insomnia, we're thinking about all the things we have to do. And then it's just this vicious cycle because I can't sleep, I'm thinking, I can't sleep, and it just goes and goes. So that's been actually very helpful to me to adopt that as a practice. I also do try to read real books, not on my phone or iPad so that I'm also sort of calming my brain down a little bit. But I, I do, it's hard. It's really hard when you own your own um, business. I think, you know, if you have a job where it's like nine to five and you can leave and you can leave it there, that is easier for sure. I think when everything's riding just on you and you alone, there's a lot of pressure there. I think because it's been so long, I've gotten to this point where, you know, I'm gonna get the clients I get. The, the universe sort of works the way it's supposed to. And I know I do a good job. Are there hiccups? Are there mistakes that happen along the way? Of course, for anyone. But you know, you fix them and you move on and you have to let things roll off your back and just keep going. And so I think another thing is having a good planner. So I have a great planner that has goal setting in it. It's called like whole um, 360 or something like that. But it has monthly goals, weekly goals, did I, did I meet them this month? Things like that. I think having something to write down. And I also put the things I need to do, to-do lists, even if it's short or long. And so I think being organized, which I'm actually admittedly not very good at always remembering to write everything down or I don't always meet the goal I set, but at least I have it in my head. Maybe I don't, maybe I don't meet it on the day I meant to. Maybe it's two, three weeks later or whatever. But I think giving yourself grace and setting goals for yourself somewhere in the middle is where you find the place where you're really doing your best and being proud of yourself for it. I, um, I love hacks like that and trying to figure things out in a book I'm into. I listen, I do audio books and I, <laughs> unfortunately though, I listen to kind of business books and um, improvement books. And um, one of them I just listened to, build which is by tony fidel which is amazing and he talked about that kind of same thing getting it out of your mind getting it on paper if you write stuff down then it's there you know it's there you know it's not going to you're not going to forget it, and then you can 
move on to the next time and kind of like you talked about setting things times to re-explore that at that time uh, i wanted to ask you what are you reading what kind of stuff do you read well i mean i read all kinds of things it's funny because i'm trying to convince my almost 10 year old that he can read things other than diary of a wimpy kid and he's like but i don't i don't want to and i said well i read a lot of books i don't know that i'm gonna like them when i start so i read a lot of fiction and nonfiction. I'm always, and I feel like a lot of people are really obsessed with World War II stories. Um, I read a lot of um, psychological thrillers, which actually, again, my acupuncturist would tell me not to because, because they actually create a lot of like anxiety and things like that. So I also try to read things that are just a little more calming. I, I have a book of the month club that I belong to. And so every month I get one or two hardbacks, which is what I can read before bed. But I usually have three books going. I usually have a hardback book in the living room, a hardback book in my bedroom, something on my Kindle app. And they're just, they're just, oh, sorry, they're just really a mixed genre of things. I do read books about uh, parenting as well. You know, we have a, a child who's highly gifted, but it comes with all those eccentricities. You know, everyone thinks gifted is smart. And yes, he is very smart, but he's anxious. And he has particularities and he needs to be parented a little bit differently than our younger son. So I do read a lot of things about that and how to navigate it, how to support him. Um, and so it's not always, I don't want to say fun. I don't want to say those are not fun because they can be and they can be interesting. And, um, but those, yes, are more for, like you said, self-improvement or learning. I read a lot of um, things about design and what's trending. So there's just a, a large variety of books, but I would say when I'm trying to get out of my head, it's usually just some sort of Jody Bacolt type book, <laughs> which are, they're interesting, but you know, they're, I don't know, for me, those are fast, easy reads that I kind of get really sucked into. And so that's a good place for me to sort of escape. Uh, but yeah, I couldn't give you one particular topic or no, that was, that was that was perfect. I'm currently going through a two crime drama podcasting phase, which is fascinating, but also, like you said, hard to hard to get away from. And yeah. um, and then about World War II, we're in Poland right now, and my wife's from Poland, but I have Polish yeah. heritage. But my grandmother was taken by the Germans when she was 14, and in oh. a, a, a Siemens bomb camp. And then my grandfather was an American soldier, so they met after the war. So. Um, yeah. I haven't read much about it, but I'm just still fascinated and being here is fascinating too. Okay, moving forward though, and, and a more positive <laughs> note. <laughs> so you're doing, you're doing this business, you're humming right along, you're having success with it, you're busy, 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 and then you decide to start another business. Take me uh, through that mindset, where that came from and how you got into that. It was really just organically born. Like uh, we had seen these other boxes and Molly, my business partner just said, why aren't we doing this? We can do it better. And I said, I agree, <laughs> let's do it. And I think it was that afternoon we started brainstorming names and, you know, would we do seasonal? Would we do monthly? What would that look like? Price points, things like that. There was a little tri trial and error in the beginning. You know, we used to sell two different size boxes um, and that didn't really work for us. And so we settled somewhere in the middle. Like I said, we do quarterly, there's a set price. Um, and we also sell, so it's a subscription, but it then grew into, we market ourselves to realtors um, for, or for closing gifts or mortgage lenders. We mortgage, you can scratch that part. We also 
market ourselves to people for wedding gifts, housewarming gifts, um, holiday gifts. Mother's Day is a time when we do uh, a big push for sales. And, you know, anyone who feels like, you know, they want to freshen up their home from time to time, but they don't know how, or people that are like, I don't know how to, <laughs> to accessorize my home, so I need this. Um, there's a lot of people that I think also appreciate that we are a female in business as well. And so I think that's another thing that might set us apart. You know, I think for us, it was Molly and I actually have very different styles. You know, I'm more of a, I don't, people don't love the word transitional anymore, but it is, you know, it's a little bit traditional, a little bit modern. There's a little bit of glam thrown in for me. I have a lot of brass because I just really like it. Molly's more like a California coastal sort of natural textures and things like that. So we found that to be very meaningful actually, because when we look at what we're putting in these boxes, we pick things that would fit in either of our homes, which seems like it's not possible, but it is. And so I think that's the thing too, is finding pieces that are timeless or again, have meaning. We, we found this company that we loved. Um, we had these tote bags in a, one of our boxes recently. I think it was spring. I sometimes forget because we have so many items, but I'm pretty sure it was spring 2022. And um, we just happened upon this company. And it was a fascinating story to me because they, the company was founded in a village outside of Kenya. And the whole reason was for single moms to find a way to make a meaningful living and be able to, to make a, a sustainable living, you know? And so they started this company it was small to begin with, and it's a textile business. So women would make bags or blankets, scarves, things like that. But every piece that they sell inside is signed by the woman that made it. And there's a place that you can mail them a thank you card. And I just thought it was such a cool story that that's what we included. And then we feature them. So we always have a featured item and it's always whatever the item is from the woman owned business that season. I think that sets us apart a bit from some of the other businesses. Um, we had been doing it a little before, but our new year's resolution for 2022 was to commit to doing that with every single box. And it's been great. You know, you find a lot of great small businesses that way. And also it's kind of just thinking, well, if we get it out there and we tell people about it, people will go and buy more from them. And so then we're supporting their businesses is kind of two ways for us. I always say that good business is a win-win and that's exactly what you're describing here. However, I don't think people are aware of the extra amount of work that it's taking you to find these people and find the story and make sure you're telling it correctly and do kind of this due diligence that's needed with all of it. Um, it's a, it's a lot. So it's, I think it, though it's good for your marketing, but it's also just good for the world too. So I think that's wonderful. And to be able to do that must make you feel really good too. When you are supporting these, um, do your clients really respond to that? Have you heard positive feedback? Oh yeah. I mean, I think that's a lot of the reason people look to us some, for gifts and things like that, because they like the meaning behind it. And it's funny because you just sort of reminded me as sort of an aside, um, so yes, it's great to find them and it's hard to find them, but what is amazing is we we used a free bird candle company in our fall box. So I wrote to the woman and I was like, okay, we love this product. We're going to buy it. Can you tell me your story so that we can share it with the people that, that we share this with? 
And she was like, oh, my story's really not that interesting or exciting. And then she writes this fascinating story about herself. And I was like, what, what are you talking about? This is such a great story. Such a great, because she used to just work out of her car <laughs> and she moved around the country so that she could be mobile. And now they've settled and she and her mom and her grandmother all work for the business together. So it's this multi-generational woman-owned business. And she thought it was boring, her story. And so that's, I think, the thing you find a lot of times is they call it imposter syndrome, right? So we're kind of like, well, I'm not, maybe I'm not very good or, you know, maybe I'm, I'm not supposed to do this or maybe people don't really think much of me. And that's just the opposite of what is true. And I think, I'm sure there's a lot of men that do it too. But again, I, I think more women do because we're sort of, again, it's just the way we've been raised and things that have been grained over decades. But uh, I hoped that when um, I told her that and then we put her item in the box and told her story, my hope was that it would build her confidence and her business because uh, there was no reason for her to think it was boring. Uh, but that is very common, I think. And among a lot of small business owners, just in general, men and women alike, that we always, I think it takes a really long time to get to the level of confidence that we all should have just organically. You know, this box business is newer. We're in our fourth year now. And this one, because it's not a decade, I still question just what we're doing, how we're perceived and all that kind of stuff. So I think that was another push for us to put that extra work into it was there's so many of us that just don't think we're doing the right thing or we're not sure. And I think if we can build up confidence in business for anyone, when you know, small businesses or women owned or the combination of both, that drives us to do better. And I think that other people like that. So I think if, if people knew that about our business, it, I think it would have an impact. I have a friend that I've had since elementary school that did not know that. So obviously we need to up our game a little bit in making sure that we really promote that part of it. And I think it's really meaningful in, you know, the way things are right now in the world and in our country, I think it has a lot of meaning and it does for us for sure. And so I think that's one thing right now that is, I wouldn't say struggle. We just need to figure out how to do it better in promoting that that is something we committed to. Yeah, I think that you are right on all, all parts there and um, multiple things I want to follow up with. One is just for me personally, the, the male side of it, and for me, it's certainly white male side of it. By my privilege, I was born into America at its richest ever, at its strongest ever as, you know, the a white man who, you know, I see myself everywhere and have been told my whole life, a very loving, wonderful parents who have moved me to be in the best schools and have been told my whole life that I can do anything. And I really feel I can do anything, including taking a gap year with my family and living you know, this amazing life and, and leaving my salaried position to, to start a business that I believe in where I make no money in. And all of these things I believe in because I'm confident in myself and I still have doubts in different areas and have you know little issues, but it's so minor. And I see these women that are so much better than me and certainly with my students so much more capable because they were forged in fire and there's trauma that comes with that, but there's also potential for greatness and and leadership that comes with that. And when I hear you talk about women who don't feel their stories are have value um, or don't think they're wonderful, 
Um, so much of that is just societal and what it's pushing on them. And then another thing that you made me think of there too was with marketing in general and hearing the story is we are all so damn busy and we are all so <laughs> overwhelmed and inundated with all this information. And I'm just seeing all this stuff. And even the, the things that I consume, when I think of what I'm looking on social media and I'm looking at flashy stuff and interesting stuff and these videos that are popped up because of these algorithms, and it's not the right stuff for society and the stuff that should be good. I'm a huge sports fan. It's you know really a huge waste of time, but I justify <laughs> it brings my family together and all these yeah. things. Um, but it's but it's wild. And and you, when you talk about your story, that's what I like this long format podcast. And we've got listeners that are listening through it, and that's amazing to me because you can explain yourself in more detail. And I think the audio part of that can be so important because you can be doing other things. I'm listening to podcasts yeah. while I'm walking or exercising or driving, and, and feel like I'm learning and growing from that or being entertained. But um, I think it's wonderful in that capacity. And so thank you for sharing your story. And also thank you for putting those values first, because I think that you're in a very similar boat that I am where there's, it's the right thing to do, but it also is potentially the right thing to do for the business side of it, where you can really, especially with these huge companies that you're competing against and the world you're competing against gets to be so difficult. You have to do things differently, but in the future that I want to live in, I certainly want to live in a future where we support our neighbors and support smaller businesses. And I'm seeing it in Poland right now. They're moving from kind of this more mom and pop shop um, economy to now bigger businesses. Um, so I guess where I'm going with all of this is I want to, I want you to do good and thrive and keep doing all this good work. Tell me a little more about the business side of the, of the boxes four times a year. How many pieces come in these? So typically, um, eight to 12, I would say generally, they're all you know full-size things, but obviously there's some s smaller items in that, you know, for example, in our winter box, our, our female-owned company is actually this tea brand out of like the Nordic area. And they also use sustainable practices. So there was a kind of a two-in-one there. Um, but because we wanna make things sort of easy, there's also a mug. And there's also like a tea strainer because it's loose leaf tea. So sometimes something might be small, but it, you know, it goes and it completes things. Or if we give candlesticks, we provide the candles because, you know, we want you to not have to go buy candles. So sometimes it's a smaller item like that. That's why it could go up to 12, 13, 14, but because some of them are going to be small, there's always various textures. You know, we usually have some kind of textile item. Um, some kind of decor, something that is decor, but also useful. So we really try to be thoughtful about what we're putting in there. We also have to be thoughtful as to, I know I said earlier, I don't always remember what's in the box. Well, obviously it's all in the computer and <laughs> in storage. So we have to be mindful that we're not repeating things too often because we have some customers that have been with us from the beginning. You know, and so we don't want to be like, here's your 12th blanket. <laughs> so, you know, we have to be thoughtful in what we're putting together. And I will say that's actually the most challenging part. It's the most fun part for me, finding the pieces and putting this beautiful box together. Um, you know, when we take a photo of the full box, we want it to really be appealing. And so, yes, that's challenging, but fun. But I think thinking back to what was in it before, uh, that presents probably the biggest challenge. Uh, we have new clients too. So, you know, they, it's all new to them. So one thing that we're going to add right now, this is a new piece of our business that we just discussed and we're going to do. I actually did learn it through another box company, you know, so I follow a lot of them. I actually get a couple myself because I want to learn what we do differently, what works and what doesn't. So we're actually going to have, we have an online shop too. So you could get a subscription, one box, 
you could also go in the shop and buy any item that we have on its own. So we've decided to do an add-on feature to our seasons. You know, we're a week or two before the shop will open up to all subscribers and our single items will be offered at a discounted price. And then we'll just ship it out with that seasonal box. So that is if someone got something before that they love, like, oh, I, I would love to gift this. I'll grab another one. Or maybe they want more of, of we've sent napkins or this or that. And they want more of them. Um, we always have some really great smelling candles a couple times a year. So people will rebuy a few of those. So we think that's another great way um, for people to get more of what they want, but quite honestly, to push inventory, right? Sometimes when you buy things in sets, they're not always sold in the same quantity. And so you will end up with extras. So we're always thinking of ways to move it out because <laughs> we have other seasons coming, you know, and, and also just to sell the, these beautiful items, why not sell them as single pieces as well? Now, anyone could buy that. You don't have to be a subscriber to go on the site and buy anything on its own. You can just do that. So if you don't want to commit to a box, you don't have to. We offer quarterly pricing. We also offer a year long commitment, but it's still charged quarterly, but the price is lower per quarter. Yeah, I think that it's, it's very difficult because you want to expand your products and you want to move inventory and do all these things from the business sense. However, that adds so many other layers of logistics to it. Can you can yes. you take me a little through the the back end, the logistics part of all of this? How the heck are you <laughs> getting products from these women in Africa to here to people's homes? What does the logistics side look like and, and how do you manage that? So there's I'm I'm really the sorcerer, right? I I am the one who finds everything. Every now and again, um, my business partner or my husband will find something, shoot it over and be like, oh, what do you think? And so obviously I take their, their ideas too. What's great about um, nowadays, so there's, there's some easy things and there's some difficult things. So there are a lot of online marketplaces specifically for small businesses to sell their products on. So I belong to most of those online places. And I think it's great, you know, that they've created various marketplaces to purchase goods. They're also, you know, we do have quite frankly, some mass produced items because we're trying to maintain a price point for people, but we're also trying to maintain quality. So we only have a few vendors in the mass produced area that we like to work with because we know the quality of products. We know what we're going to get. Um, we have relationships with a lot of vendors in that aspect finding the smaller women-owned businesses is harder for sure because sometimes they are on these marketplaces sometimes it's just me scouring the internet or finding articles about you know the top 10 women businesses that are expanding this year or whatever it is so i do a lot of research that way to find people and then some i i get right then and some i just kind of bookmark for later other seasons or what have you i think that again, the pandemic did complicate things a bit. So there was a point where we did have to, we used to do free shipping on everything. We had to add a flat rate shipping um, because we had said we want to maintain the quality of our products, but shipping rates have gone up on both sides when we order things and when we send them out. But you know what was great? It's no one canceled, not one, not one subscriber. So I feel like that actually made us feel really good because 
we only we added eight dollars it wasn't like a huge thing but the fact that we added and everyone was like cool yeah got it um was it was uplifting and i think it built our confidence up a bit actually like okay they're willing to to pay it to keep getting these that's great um shipping out you know we try to we do two-day shipping and that is what we guarantee that does not always happen right now um but we take the brunt so sometimes we'll just shoot them out a you know another item from another season like hey we're you know we're sorry this happened you know let us make it up to you we're gonna send out this gift things like that so i think we're doing the best we can in a market where even getting our goods on time there have been times where i've had to pivot very quickly so there was there were two items for our winter box that I had that were back ordered. And so I'm working with my rep and I was, and I said, okay, I'll call you mid, mid October. And let's see, because we ship on December 1st, we start shipping that first week of December. They're charged on the 1st of December. And then we have kind of two weeks that we've guaranteed they'll go out, but both these products were not going to make it till mid December. And so then, then I felt pressure, right? Because now I have to find something that has to get here an even shorter amount of time. And so they were able to, to pivot with me on one item, but there was nothing else. So I went back to the small business market. Incidentally, I found an item I liked even better that I thought was better for the box. And it was a, a small European company that uses sustainably sourced wood to make these little kind of, they're kind of mini serving boards. But I was like, oh, awesome. Because now I have another great, you know, earth friendly product and the other one wasn't. So it actually kind of, like I said, like the universe sometimes just does what it needs to do. I know not everyone believes in that stuff, but I do. And um, it kind of worked out for the better. And everything, and everything got here in time. So we have everything ready to go for winter. Again, it's like two weeks away till it starts moving. You know, we're still small. We are still packing boxes ourselves, labeling them. You know, my husband has a truck, luckily, so we can just send them in batches. And, and you can go to the large post office, like drop off, like a loading dock when you have that many. And so, yeah, we'll just take loads and loads. So our goal is to get to a point where obviously we have some kind of, there's a lot of places where it's like, you can have things received. You can have things put in your space. You can have a shipping company, you know, come pick up from there at your loading dock. So as we grow, those are sort of the logistical things that we're looking into. And, you know, for now, we just keep, doing, we just keep doing the work. So that is what makes things really busy. And so we do have a bulk that come in four times a year, right? Because it's a subscription base, but all the time throughout that, we are getting orders in all the time. We have a few influencers that, you know, we have a, an affiliate program with, but they're, they're smaller too. They're not huge things. Uh, our affiliate program is, you know, it's, it's good for them. It's, it's not like having a affiliate program with Nordstrom or something, but one day it will be, it will that's, you know, we have to think big. And I do want to like interject to, to something that you mentioned earlier, which is not related. I actually do want to recognize my own privilege as well. And I'm very aware of it. So I, you had mentioned this thing about how we're all so busy, busy, busy. And as a personal note, which is not really related, but is I have fibromyalgia. So 
it is very affected by stress, lack of sleep, things like that. So I did decide earlier this year to pull back on the interior design business on purpose because I needed to have downtime. And, but for me, it's an enormous amount of privilege that I can do that. You know, I have my husband here. He makes a very good living. I work from home. You know, I have a lot of support in that way. Yes, I am is a woman owned business, but you know, I'm not saying we haven't worked. Both of us did not come from fancy backgrounds. You know, I the single parent family. He grew up in a very, you know, we had what we had, but you know, we didn't go to, we didn't have fancy homes or cars or things like that. Not the things that matter. We had all the things we needed. You know, we had family that loved us. We had food, we had roofs overheads, but we really had to work hard to get to where we are. Um, you know, student loans and all that kind of stuff. And so I'm not saying it wasn't hard, but right now where I am in life, it's an enormous privilege to be able to pull back on my business and not need all the money. Um, and again, that's because his business is solid enough that I can do that. His job, not his, but he doesn't, he works as a contractor for a company. Um, it took us a long time to get here and, and there's still a lot of room to go, but I do think not everyone can do that. Not everyone has the ability to leave their full-time job with benefits to take a risk on their own business. And so I want to make sure that I'm clear that I'm very aware of that. Um, and I'm very grateful for it as well. So that's just, you know, for me, I want, I want people that are listening to know, yes, it's a lot of hard work, but I was definitely in a position to be able to do it at this point in my life. I wouldn't have been always, but now I could. Thank, thank you for sharing that. And I really think, yeah, I think that so much of the, the way things will change our allies and privileged allies um, really being aware of that and then finding ways to, to redistribute that privilege in the world. Um, saying that, where, what does this look like for you when everything goes the way you want it to go? What do you, what do you, what is your vision for the future with these businesses? Oh, this is like, I'm on the Today Show you know, talking about this box business and, you know, everyone around the country is getting boxed. Well, we don't ship internationally yet, but you know, that would be something down the road. That would be awesome. You know, it's sort of what, what you're trying to do right now with this um, living in Poland and really having a lot of time for your kids. If we could like in a dream state, really do what we wanted to do. Michael and I would be able to work from wherever because we had this whole team you know, we're, 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 I would, I would always want to do the creative part for me personally. I would always want to be the one I might have a team that helps, but ultimately what has, ends up in these boxes is me. It's reflective of me and Molly and what, what we like, what we're choosing. So that's always going to be meaningful to me, but having someone to run the accounting, run the shipping, you know, all that kind of stuff, having things a lot more automated would be amazing. But yes, our ultimate goal is we can work from anywhere and we just take our kids around the world. It's really important to us. I think especially because of the way the last few years have gone here and around the world, we want them to, again, as an aside, like you said, I have two white male children and I recognize that they're really at the top of the pecking order here and I want them to be aware of it 
and I want them to know other cultures. So for two reasons, I want them to be aware of what they have and I want them to use that to make a difference. I want them to learn about other cultures, other food, other people, you know, that that's something neither of us got to do growing up. Again, no, it's, it's no big deal. We just didn't get to. Um, I studied abroad in college in Manchester. We went to London for a year on a contract for his job. And we were able to travel, especially when we lived in London, it's easy you know, to go other places in Europe and it was fairly inexpensive. You get a flight wherever for like 200 bucks. Um, so that was so special for us because we had not really ever done it. And it was such an amazing experience. We'd love to give it to our children as well. And so I, I have a, there's a family I know that that's what they do. They do like travel. I, I guess it's vlogging is what you call it now. But um, they just take their kids all around the world and they just, you know, share their experiences. And it's, it's such an amazing life to me. So I think that would be, like I said, a dream, a dream goal or at least to get to a point where we can take them on trips, you know, during summer, winter break, stuff like that. So funny enough, this goal sounds a lot like it's really for our kids. <laughs> and something my, um, like I said, the therapist, I'm not afraid to say I go to a therapist. I think they help you find the best parts of yourself. Also help to show you like, you, you are doing great or the things you wanna work on give you tools. I don't think people should be ashamed or afraid to say that they go see a therapist. I think it's not for broken people, or, or sure, if you feel broken. I don't think it's for broken people. I think it's for everybody. You know, it's it's just a great tool to have. Um, and then my acupuncturist too, she's very, um, her stuff's a little different. She's the one that really talks about boundaries. And um, I think what I just realized I was saying is it also has to be for me <laughs> and for my husband. And I think as parents, that is so often. So I'm an, I'm an interior designer, right? My kids' rooms are all done. My bedroom's not done because they always come first. And so I think that's funny that that's how I answered your question was how I want this legacy for my kids. But yeah, I, mean, I also want it for me. But I think that's just how we're often wired as parents. Um, you want to just give them this life and experience that maybe you didn't have. Um, and so I guess actually one of my goals right now should be trying to also do it for me, <laughs> you know, cause that's important. I'm, my work is meaningful to me. I very much enjoy what I do. Um, but I think that's, that's a funny thing for a lot of parents maybe to reflect on is that we're giving so much of ourselves for them, but we matter too. Yeah. I, I love the analogy of putting the, the oxygen mask on yourself first. And um, <laughs> we, we talked years ago to people about, doing something like we're doing now. We're traveling with our kids. We traveled all over the place with our kids before they were two, so they could fly for free. And yes. people are like, well, they're not even going to remember it. And I'm like, it's, and then I said that to someone, they're not going to remember it. And they said, it's not for them. This is for you. This is your life. You get one life. This is for you. And you're also modeling that for them. And for us, we've got, first of all, you make me think of just the double standards again between the way I can think about my life when my wife is doing so much, even as me as a feminist, my wife right now is with our kids and taking care of that. And and she worked the last year while I was doing this business for free so that I could follow my dream. And it was an important one, but still, she's doing all this stuff behind the scenes. So I'm able to do this. Um, but yeah, trying to encourage people to follow those dreams and travel. So I'll follow up with you in the future and, and keep pushing you to get there because whatever yeah. <laughs> it looks like, it could look different. 
Um, but it is amazing. And for me, like Europe and we, we are staying in a, this small town in Poland where my wife has connections. So it's different, but it is so ex- inexpensive currently. And then we're able to travel in all these places around, which is amazing. It's not perfect. My kids want to come home. I'm the one who's most happy here. Which is <laughs> but I, but I, I live a great life here and love the small spaces and then I'm walking everywhere, but it's just so different. So it stretches your comfort zone. And my dream life in five years, we travel around the world for a year and that yeah, will be exhausting. And uh, but but we'll never regret it. When we do all these interviews with elders, we, it's always about the things that you regret not doing. It's never about what you what you did in so many capacities. And so so I'll push you I'll push you for that in the future too. And, and thank do. you for being so vulnerable. Therapy, yes, absolutely, everyone should do it. I, I haven't done it personally um, because I'm in a pretty good place. But I really want to do it in the future for pushing myself to be the best version of myself because that's something yeah. that I that I think I'm in an opportunity and have an opportunity to make an impact and, and need to do my best with with my life. So my, as we're wrapping up here, though, I do want to ask you my, my final question would be, do you consider yourself a badass? Do you see that in yourself? I mean, I want to, and I often do. Um, I do think we've been conditioned to think that that's, you know, bragging or, um, you know, thinking you're better than or something like that. Uh, I do. I mean, I think, yeah, starting that business 10 years ago, that was a little scary. And I had no idea if people would like me or like my work. Uh, I do. I mean, I show my husband or my friends like the design boards they make all the time. And I'll be like, bam, look at that. So I do think, yes, I do. I, I think what you I say this all the time that I'm trying to be the the best version of me. And that's the point of therapy for me as well. Um, I, I, I went cause I had postpartum depression to start with, but then I just kept going because things just kept getting better and better and I would learn more about myself. So yes, I do think my confidence is much better than it used to be. I think I'm like right on the cusp of thinking I'm a badass. I think once this business really takes off that I would feel that way. Um, but I, it's funny cause I also, I think so many women in our neighborhood are badasses. Like, so it's funny that I don't think about myself but I think about all them. But there's so many women here that have small businesses. You know, there's a couple gym owners, uh, people that sell clothing, people that make candles. You know, a, a client of mine just started a floral business. Okay, I should say, she told me she was inspired by me to do that. And just thought of it now. Like, I don't think about those things, right? I, like a lot of us, I'm like, oh, I should have done that. Or could have done this better or what have you. I think it's important to remember when you get those accolades from friends or clients or family. Um, I think that's really meaningful. I think it's always hard for, or at least for me, I don't know about it for everyone. It's hard for me sometimes to take compliments and really internalize them and like absorb them. I think that, I don't know why that is. I'll ask my therapist why I do it. But, but I think I'm, I'm trying to get better at believing when people say those nice things. And I think that just takes some mindfulness as well um but yeah i guess the fact that you wanted to do this interview also should tell me that so yeah i'll i will get there i'm close but i'll get there there you go when you're on the today show i want you to hear it tell it to them so you can tell it to them that one day (laughs) um as we wrap up here say the name of your business the box business again um how can people find more about it how can they purchase it so it's a mouthful. It's called Designed Life Delivered. So designed with an ED at the end. Design Life Delivered on Instagram, Twitter, 
Facebook is designed life delivered is the handle, whatever you, you call it. Um, our website is also designlifedelivered.com. But yeah, I, I think we're pretty easy to find and follow. And it's pretty. <laughs> the the Instagram is pretty. It's like lots of nice stuff to look at. So I would encourage everyone to follow us there. Facebook's great too. Definitely go to our website. We have a mailing list also that you can sign up for where we also, we usually send sales out faster or sooner than we would on social media. So if you're subscribed, you'll get sale codes faster because things do sell out. So you also, you want to order now, right now, as you're listening to go to our website, designlifedeliver.com. We only have a few fall boxes left. We're going to flip to winter uh, probably in the next day or two because we're going to be sold out. And so, you know, you're ordering ahead for the next season, but that'll be clear on there. And so I, I appreciate everyone listening. Hopefully, you know, people took something away from it, just like with the boxes. If, if, if I, if one person listens and it's inspiring, maybe it is, <laughs> see, that's the same. I'm like, maybe it isn't, I don't know, but if they can take anything away from it, good or bad, I think that's wonderful. And like you said about mentoring and stuff like that, if you have those high school, you know, girls you were talking about when you were a teacher, or, um, anyone can reach out to me anytime. I'm, I'm happy to answer questions or, you know, tell more of like how things went in the beginning and some of that nitty gritty stuff that we didn't get too much into. I'm always happy to do that too. That's amazing. But then you're also apologizing again, kind of for yourself. I know. Right? Stop that. <laughs> I know. And that. that's the thing people say all the time. Stop. And I tell people that I tell people that. And I, I think we, so, I think we treat people better when we like what you would recommend to someone else is very different than the way you've treated yourself. And I've talked about that and I see that, probably. especially with women. So, so just when you start doing that, get in your mind and, and tell you to stop and go the opposite. What would you say to your yeah. kids in this situation? It wouldn't yes. be the same. And so start owning it. So the rest of the today, go through walking like you should be, you know, that you've done so much and your story is amazing. And you're amazing too. So thank you for sharing this all with me. And thank us. you. And it's been my pleasure meeting you. And we'll we'll stay in touch and I'll make sure you get to travel the world. And um, uh, if I have any uh, sources or think of like women say, businesses to send your way. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. I, will, I will definitely be in touch. All right, you have a great day, Larry. Thank right, you. Thank you too. Bye.